Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson and another guy named Matt that we'll introduce here in a minute. The hi, trifecta. Hi, Matt's. Matt. We've got the trifecta today. <laughs> today like will this. not be confusing yeah. at all. Well, I, and, I'm going to be Master Watson today. Um, I like it. No. And then we have Matt and Matthew. There you go. Who am I? <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Let's just get this out of the way. So we have Matthew Condon, who's the CEO and the founder of Bardavon Health Innovations. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me here yeah. today. I wanted to say Matt, but then I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah. I'm just happy that we got three people in here today that all have the right name. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it, it is really confusing. Like, So for those of you listening, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io. And if you want to reach either Matt that owns it, you cannot email Matt at Fullscale.io because <laughs> we, we could not figure out who would get that. <laughs> Does that even, does that just bounce back? Someone, if you could email Matt at fullscale.io and let us know what happened, that'd be great. Um, and thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And I really a big fan of what you guys at Bardavon are doing around town. Um, if you're listening, we love it when you're interactive, go to Bardavon.com, B-A-R-D-A-V-O-N.com. And you can learn more about what they do. Um, it's actually a Shakespeare reference, Bard of Avon. That's how people can reference it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That that makes sense. How'd you come up with that? It's nerdy, right? You're, you guys are going to make fun of me when I'm no, when I leave here. No, uh, really like it's it. okay to admit that you that you are a fan <laughs> of Shakespearean verse. We prefer the weird and nerdy things. Yeah. And, and the know, thing is, is after you go to, after you go to bardavon.com, you will quickly realize that all, everything is written in iambic pentameter. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, wow. That's right. Haiku. Talking about nerdy. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, <laughs> wow, we're getting into haikus. <laughs> what is a haiku? Uh, yeah, see, no one knows. Of poetry? No yeah. one really knows. But what someone does know is what Bardavon Health Innovations <laughs> does. So why don't we get back to that? Tell us about your business. Yeah, uh, I, I love it. We're going to fix healthcare from right here in Kansas City uh, in ways that we've been dreaming about, I think, in the uh, national marketplace for decades. But for the first time, Bardavon at scale is bringing uh, the clinical performance of the doctor, provider, whoever is treating the employees of some of the largest employers in the country. Uh, to the forefront of the decision-making process. We know which doctors, which providers heal patients. Um, and so we're, we're um, partnering with, with employers to bring that to scale today. So when you talk about the clinic, my sister's a doctor and so is her husband. And yep. I mean, that's about as far as my grandfather was a doctor, but you talk about clinical performance. Yeah. I mean, what, what is the definition of that? Like what yeah. are the factors that go into having a high or low Yeah anything. Two buckets of data in healthcare. Um, one dominates, and that's the claims data. Um, when we talk about healthcare and what we're getting, we always talk about a $3.5 trillion annual spend. Um, but we can't figure out how to turn what is the documentation system, which says what the patient looks like and if he or she heals um, into data that we can run AI and machine learning against. And so uh, we're changing that. So we're uh, taking that clinical data. Um, we have a cloud-based EMR that we are deployed around now almost 10,000 providers in 40 three states, 44 states, and they will document on our platform um, when we send them referrals from the employers we partner with. And as a result, we get to find out comorbidities and complexities, what the patient look like, and how long it takes him or her to actually heal. Um, not, um, and and that, that, as a result, all the providers that are associated with that, it gets really exciting because um, we're, we're talking about healing. So it's, and it's not about an opinion. It's about data, yeah, it's not data, about data, 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 not yeah. like, Hey, so technically you could, you could maybe even not have a great bedside demeanor or manner, but if you're healing people. That's right. Although yeah. what we see with the data already is bedside manner has an enormous impact on healing. Okay. Um, and so. Is it just because of the really, attitude? It's because the attitude in our space too, um, is starting with uh, musculoskeletal work comp. So it's people get hurt for employers on the job. And so um, um, as a result, there's a functional requirement for return to work, lifting a 42-pound tire to a 38-inch shelf. And so by, by deploying all that information into the clinical document, we're able to see how long it takes Matt Watson, who was injured on the job, to get back to a function where he's lifting a 42-pound tire to a 38-inch shelf 
for Goodyear, if that's the, the employer, and and all the all the things associated with that. I guess we back up for a second here. Yeah, sure. So can you tell us a little more about like why you started the business yeah. and, and like exactly who your customer is and yeah. the problem they're trying to solve and yep. that, that part of it. Thanks for doing that heavy lifting, Matt. Yeah. Nice job, Matt. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> my my bed manners are also very good. Yeah. They your are, bed yeah. manners? Yeah. <laughs> now we're going back to the uh, off the record conversation. Right? Your bed manners or <laughs> you your, said, bed, oh, or your bedside, bedside manners. manners? Yeah, bedside manners. Sorry, we, we do what you bet. I mean, yeah, is that because bed manners is like, I think I'm, I have bad bed manners, according to my wife, because because <laughs> I pull the sheets over onto my side every night. So, yeah, that might be a little different. Again, this conversation is going great places already. Yeah. 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 We're usually. It's supposed to be entertaining. We're, <laughs> we're hyper focused here on this show. Uh, so why do we start it? Um, because healthcare is broken. And, uh, and it kind of goes back to the name. Bart of Avon was based off of a, a quote, and yet words are not deeds. I feel like everybody in healthcare for the last several decades have, have been talking about why we don't like our healthcare, why we, we're spending more, we're getting less and frustrated with it. And we found a niche, a really niche part of the healthcare environment, which is workers' comp. Okay. Um, that we believe that we can, for, for several reasons, it's employer influenced largely, so we don't have to market to the world. We can market to the CFO. And the process is more controlled, right? Because uh, it's not like I don't, I don't feel good and I go to a random doctor. In these cases, they tell you it's kind of more controlled of like, okay, you claim you have a workman's comp issue. Yeah. So we're like, this is kind of more white glove of like, okay, you have to go to this doctor. They're going to yep. review this issue. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you control the process a lot more, right? And in and, and, and in your environment at home, you will stop going to the doctor when you can't afford it. In right. most cases, now, right? Because the workman's comp, local. I need to go back to work. And there's a functional requirement yeah. to do that, um, and it's 100 percent comp by the employer. My my brother-in-law just went through this. He yeah. took a quick trip. He hurt his wrist. He couldn't lift a certain amount of weight. He couldn't use a you know a, yeah. a dolly or whatever, and yeah, he had job. to wait and whatever. So he was like going to the doctor religiously, like, please tell me I can go back to work. Please tell me I can go back to work. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know, for me, I'm a farm kid from Iowa, and this the, it's a segment of the healthcare environment that has been largely, um, you know, forgotten about. These are the men and women that build our buildings, mm -hmm. build our roads. They they deserve quality. They deserve, um, you know, they they deserve so much that they haven't been getting from the environment. And so, for us to really build a really important, uh, you know, company in that space is important. The thing that it, where it transitions is if any one of the three mats here go to a doctor today. Um, for a muscle, for a sprain, strain, or tear, you know, our shoulder hurts. The first question we're asked is not our insurance. It's not our name. It's whether or not this happened at work. So as we pull that data forward at scale, um, we are now finding out about the clinical performance of not just the doctors and providers that that make up the seventy billion dollar year industry that's work comp. We're finding out about ninety percent of the doctors that make up the eight hundred billion dollar year industry that is musculoskeletal in this country's healthcare system. Well, what's interesting with with these how nerdy is that with these cases. You know a lot more about the outcomes because the outcomes have to be documented, right? Versus like yeah, if we that's have what a I was cold, just thinking the same thing. If we yeah. have a cold, we take some medicine. Right. Well, maybe we got better. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we hurt our shoulder. Maybe and, we're okay. Maybe and we're quite honestly, it, on the personal level, I don't. I if you were trying to collect my data about how ha fast I healed or how I felt, I would probably just not even reply because I just don't yeah. really care about filling that form out. And the lawyer in me will tell you that there is one space in healthcare that in all 50 states has a HIPAA waiver that allows the provider to track and report otherwise protected health information if they reasonably believe it impacts the cost or duration of the claim as the sexiest thing um, to collect meaningful data at scale in, in healthcare. And is is the phrase sexiest thing also included in that <laughs> that that write-up? And you could tell you could tell that he has he has made that statement many times. <laughs> So, well, well, it's backing up. So you mentioned as a lawyer, are you, are you an attorney as well? I am. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so no. No, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I grew up, I grew up around a family. Well, we paying attorneys. $500 an hour for this now. <laughs> yes. Know, if you'll pay me that, sure. This is billable. And it's not, you, you only get a 50 minute <laughs> like Greg hour. would be like, no, it's 600. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, God, where's like, he at? We should get him. We should have brought him in so we could have doubled the billing. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, but so is that part of what it, were you ever practicing as an attorney? No. So you got a law degree or? Yeah, I, I grew up farm kid, played football at Iowa State. Um, thank God met my wife uh, or she started dating me finally in college. And so um, then uh, did a grad degree and a law degree, uh, but always wanted to get into health and healthcare law because could see the world, you know, clumsily trying to go from fee for service to fee for performance. We're still not there and felt like... Um, you know, I just had a passion that, that met with a, with a moment and it's been a great, uh, I love it. I love it to this day. It's my second turn at it. Right. So uh, sure. probably have three or four more. 
glutton yeah, and, for punishment. And yeah. you had mentioned that, and you know, we don't have to get too far into it's it, not. but you did actually have another business before. Did, you said the, the third turn. Did you have another business before that? Well, I've had a couple on the side, but really two most significant. The, the first one, ARC Physical Therapy Plus mm -hmm. that we started in 03 and then sold. Um, and that was that, a springboard to Vardavon. It was, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, There's data, a lot of workman's comp related stuff with physical time, therapy, right? Yeah, 80, 80% in workers' comp. I think in healthcare, you got to wrap the service and the data collection together. You can't do them as disparate efforts. Um, you got to, um, and so th that was in many ways proof of concept for what Bartavon's become. So you, you've thrown the word nerdy around a couple of times, but to be nerdy <laughs> with the data that you collect, you mentioned uh, AI and machine learning. Yeah. Are you, I mean, is that true to true to form and that you're seeking specific patterns and predictive yeah. analysis of the way certain things come out. And when you see a deviation from that path, it's like, oh, we need to see why. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem with healthcare also is we've digitized all that data, but it's on disparate systems. And so there's data all over, but nobody knows what to do with it. Right. right? And nobody knows how to get to it or make anything meaningful for it. So we have a cloud-based documentation system that is deployed across the country now. So everybody's on one instance, on one naming convention, one architecture, so it's um, much more efficient and, and quick, honestly, to, to teach itself and to teach our team uh, how, how to optimize the care. That, that was something that it was actually Startup Hustle. It was way back in the like tw 20s when Brett Blackman had come in and was talking about the you know blockchain and how that yeah. could potentially be used in healthcare. And, and I never really thought about the sharing of the data and like the zillion different things that collect totally. it, look at it, you know, like... So my wife is right now wearing an iWatch and a Fitbit for two yeah. different reasons. And it's like, why? Totally. Yeah. So, all, all this stuff with medical records is a problem. Like if I asked you, like, I need to see a copy of your vaccination records, what would you say? Um, no idea. I, no would, idea. I would actually just bite you with yeah. my, with my, with <laughs> no my foaming idea. smile. And, but yeah, but all right. So <laughs> there's a, there's an interesting comparison. So, you know, you're right, Matt, like, and you can ask so few things now at full scale, we have 170 employees in the Philippines. Uh, you would be shocked at what they put on their resumes Yeah, when they send them in, like they will like list their religion, yeah. their marital status. I age, have, I have age, pictures. weight. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh yeah. And wow. I've seen one with blood type on it. And oh, I'm yeah. like, wow. Like, and so some of these things, I, mean, I was just over there and I went through the hiring process and some of the questions they asked, I was like, God, you guys would have like hit like a grand slam of HR violations totally. there. And so with the sensitivity of that data and, you know, you talk about HIPAA yeah, and obviously data and data breaches and privacy and security, like, is that, is that a major obstacle that you guys have to deal with? Like, is that something you're always wrangling? And yeah, and it, it should. I mean, I think there's, there's, there's what you can do from a regulatory environment. And there's medical ethics also uh, over the top about what you should do and what you should. And so that is, um, what's an know, example, like when you, and we don't have to be too yeah. specific, but like when you say like, cause with the data holds a lot of, you start, th those are your clues yeah. to telling a story or yeah. doing a bunch of things. And if you had enough specific data about someone and you knew what to do about it, you could probably make a lot of judgments. I'm yeah. assuming like, so where, where, where does that, what are some of the lines that you have to not cross when yeah. it comes to ethics or just any of that stuff. Um, I'll give you an example without names. Obviously, we had a case uh, a few years ago. Um, guy hurt on the job, had a safety-sensitive position um, where he was doing stuff that he posed risks to not just himself but others if he wasn't functionally able to do the job. Um, we were rehabilitating him from that injury and found out that he had a, a neurological disorder and a disease that was going to continue to impact his ability to return to work and was impacting the cost and claim duration of this case. But his employer, he hadn't communicated that to his employer. I see. So we're stuck in the world. And they were aware of it? They were not aware of it. Oh, so it literally became, it uncovered itself during the process. Yeah, we're, our, our, our providers are asking what's going on. He's he's letting us know his prescription history and why and what. And so things and come that starts up to hit some triggers and it you does. say you yeah. might have this. Yeah. Yeah. So is that where, in, in that case, is the, the line of ethics you don't want to cross is that's his business and not the employer's? But, but from a there's an argument to be said that that is the employer's business or sure. hundred percent of that claim. It's yeah. impacting the cost or the claim right. duration. And so that's when you bring your smart people in and sure. you try to work some stuff out, honestly, without getting, you know, next stage, which is really private. But I think um, that's the importance of having people also involved in that data distribution and, and making some decisions on, uh, you know, just ethics, right? right. Personal ethics. It, it's been a hot topic because, you yeah. know, just like ethics in general is, is, well, it's, it's a variable. 
That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's totally variable. There aren't, uh, you know, I've been having the discussion with Joel Goldberg, the Royals announcer, about some of the, uh, um, like, the unwritten rules of baseball are kind of like ethics, you know, in some regards. And it's like, you know, they're not defined anywhere. And technically, when it comes to business ethics and in college, you take a class about it and whatever. But technically, the only rules, written rules, is the law. Yeah. So now it becomes highly... Yeah highly debatable you know and i think some of that is 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 you know and, and mr watson maybe you have some input on this too but like i mean how you where do you feel that a business will cross the line of ethics like you are you are we just all supposed to compete and try to win at any cost as long as it's within the context of the law or are you trying to be cool on some level uh, i mean i think we all have to be some be ethical i mean yeah. I mean, well, that means not stealing and stuff yeah. like that, but you know, it's such a competitive world and there's any, everyone's trying to get a leg up and it's, you yeah. know, it's just, it's, it's all a, about risk and there's just different kinds of risk. Right. Yeah. So Matt at Stackify, and for those of you that aren't aware, Matt's also the CEO and founder of Stackify. You can go to stackify.com. It's a, a application performance management. You guys collect a lot of data too. We do. Um, is some of that, do you have to look at some of that as saying, Hey, there's a level of sensitivity that, we actually purposely um, try and remove any potential sensitive data at the time of data collection because of that. Like we don't want to touch it because sometimes you could yeah. scoop it up, and then our clients yeah. can send us data that could have sensitive stuff in it. And we're like, hey, just right. don't send it to us. We don't yeah. want it. Don't so, send us stuff. So Fullscale is is now the owner of a of a software platform I founded, which is Gigabook.com, and we decided very early in the process we were not going to do medical. Yeah we like excluded it. Like people will sign up and they're clearly in medical and say, let them know that we are not going to be HIPAA compliant. We do not want that data. We didn't want the responsibility. Yeah. But now we live in a world where somebody's cookie and IP address are sensitive data. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Not even, not alone their name or email or no, like their cookie. Yeah. Right. The right. cookie they use to go to your website now is sensitive information. If you say cookie again, you need to give me one. Chocolate yeah. cookies. Yeah. I, I also think though, healthcare is so messy, right? It's so messy. It's been, you know, historically so messy. All of us or all of those that can bring transparency and techno- meaningful technology to that yeah. space. I mean, this is my kind of idealistic. I think we have a duty to do so because <laughs> there's so many people in the industry that have um, benefited from uh, ambiguity and, and, and a lack of transparency. And so there is a real opportunity that transcends just business opportunity to the healthcare experience that our children are going to, that I think, and, and again, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this space, but I think if we can bring um, meaning and clarity to that space, I think um, you guys should. You there. mentioned something, well, you mentioned something <laughs> a bit ago about people, you know, and I, my whole, ever since I can remember, people have complained about healthcare. Yeah. And is there actually a solution that we can arrive at that people yeah. would universally or overwhelmingly be happy with? Cause I feel like there might not be. It, as long as there's capitalism in healthcare, there's always going to be some problems with it. Sure. That I think that's the fundamental part. Like I have an aunt that got a knee replacement that probably shouldn't have had a knee replacement, sure. but yeah. the doctor or surgeon or somebody wanted to make a lot of money doing those knee replacements, right? Yeah, like, but that, that same there's, that same spirit of capitalism drives a level of innovation. There is. To yeah, like, like, that's I mean, do double-edged I, sword. I mean, yeah. sure, I would want to cure cancer because, man, that's noble. But at the same time, you're like, man, if I cure cancer, I, I, yeah. I mean, the, be the richest man on the planet and I can beat Jeff Bezos I mean, you're, you're, on it favorite doctor to the Mars. Yeah. <laughs> you know, colonoscopy doctors want you to keep coming back every year and get that screen. Absolutely. Did you that's pick sure. that particular <laughs> form of practitioner right? I mean, for a reason? Th- it's a business, right? They want more customers. They want to see you every year. But, but I, I would also I notice you have your afternoon blocked off and <laughs> brought up that reference. Um, I, I would also that's say, my point. Like there's capitalism in this, right? So that, But there's human the psychology also. Look, we know how to be healthy. I mean, I mean, so there's the human. But you say we that, know how. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, we know how, but we don't eat, choose right? to be. Actually, yeah, yeah. So what sure. role do we each bring to this You're whole true. equation? So it will. No, there's no silver bullet. I think anybody telling you that is, is at best naive and at worst just plain lying. There, it's right. going to be messy. It ought to be messy, and so that's when you want to bring you know technology, innovation, and and people who, you know, really give a damn to the space. It's a complicated problem. I was reading somebody posted a a meme yesterday, and it was about like. <laughs> How many people die per day based on all these different things? Yeah. Of course, not to get all political, but like number one was like assault rifles, one person per day, like yeah. not very many. But then you get to like all these things like wrecks and all this stuff, but like medical 
errors oh, was like a thousand a yeah. day. And yeah. that yeah. was their point of the meme, I think. Yeah. Compared to like some other things. But like a thousand people a day die yeah. from medical errors. Yeah. That's a lot of people, especially compared to some of these other causes that yeah. get a lot of attention, like guns and shit, right? Yeah. There's a whole lot more people that die from medical mistakes, but nobody talks about it. And that was the point. Right. Well, in Congress with that and then with the connection to capitalism, and we talked about this once before. So my brother-in-law is an ER doctor and um, he, a few years ago, called me up and he said, hey, I've got a great idea. I want to talk to you about it. And I said, all right, cool. He came over. He goes, I want to put something on the on the non signed in screen of an iPhone that would let a doctor log in. Cause he said people come into the ER all the time and they're passed out. And like, even the homeless people have iPhones mm -hmm. now. Yeah. And you know, he, and he goes, this could change lives. Cause the thing is, is if you're passed out and you come in, they yeah. don't want to give you certain things cause they, I mean, they could make you worse. Right. And doctors in, in a very litigious world have become very, absolutely they, very scared of doing the wrong thing. And I told him, I, I said, Chris, you have a great idea, but how are you, how are you going to monetize this? He goes, yeah. well, insurance companies would love this. They're going to save tons of money. I said, how are you going to prove that to him? This is completely intangible. You can't. And then your five year path to getting this in front of blue cross blue shield, are you prepared <laughs> to go broke? But it was, it was a perfect example. And by the way, and I also said, uh, and I wouldn't, I would be surprised if Apple didn't just give that away for free, which they did. Yeah. Like, like a year later yeah. or six months ago, but that's a good example of it. Now, theoretically, that is a very noble idea and a yeah. very useful yep. thing, but because the capitalistic nature of it was weak, yeah. it, it might not have been a priority. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you, you have that, that you're right as well. And, you know, so once, um, I, I had a dentist like basically force a root canal on me. And I, I didn't need it. I didn't right. feel like I needed it, but it was the same it thing. It makes money. And yeah. So yeah. later, later that dentist yeah. sold their practice to another dentist and I was really reluctant to come back in. And I said that, that to the dentist, I was like, you know, I felt like she did this and it wasn't necessary. And the lady like apologized to me. She goes, I'm going to just be honest with you. A lot of people have given us that feedback. Well, and, and like Cause, nobody, cause it was revenue for her. Like yeah. they make more money. That I mean, way. another example of this is like, nobody wants to kill grandma. So it's like, we're going to spend a million dollars on all these treatments <laughs> oh, yeah. to try and get and grandma life. to live one more year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, that, I mean, those are the, these are the realistic problems we have. Right? Well, and this is, I think it's generational. I think our generation is changing it in that like my parents' generation just assume doctors are doctors are doctors. I'm going to go to him and whatever he or she says is going to be right. The reality of it is, especially if you sit in the foxhole we have, there's an enormous difference between the quality of doctors that you go to. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. And yet the marketplace treats everybody as the same. Uh, but there is an enormous difference between the clinical performance and quality of providers across the country. But yet we just talk about how much it costs and we've never gotten to that side. And so that, that's the effort. And, and, and the capitalistic nature of our clients being the employer, they actually make a better profit if they get their good workers back to work yeah. efficiently and effectively. And so they don't we want workman's comp yeah, lawsuits we feed either. We feed well, right, right. They, you, want, they want to get yeah, the workman's comp issues, resolve them back to work as soon as possible healthy as possible and yeah. then not sue them because they had the injury. So, but let, all right. Now right. let's yeah. talk, let's let, in, in the same spirit of that, not all workman's comp claims are legit. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, they really aren't like, yeah. it's a pretty, Oh, my back. Yeah. My back, you know? And it's, so do you guys actually uh, end up spotting that sometimes? We, and we you're do. like, Hey, I smell there's, I smell smoke here. We do. I would say though, um, is that an ethical boundary you have to be careful around? No, it's not because if it's, if it's, fraudulent or inaccurate it, we have an obligation to report that as well because sure. it allows us to support those that well are. that's a drain on the system too it is a drain on the yeah. system it is not as common as it gets notoriety for most people that make yeah. you know forty thousand dollars to provide for their you know wife and three kids or husband and two kids they get hurt on the job it's scary right. um they're they're hurt it may not be as serious as they think it is but but we find that if you get through the noise if you get through the you know the white coat kind of um fear that a lot of people have and you get really to what what's happening um the, the vast majority are, are legit and some of that stuff's really hard to prove so um i i we have a friend so the the wife of the couple um was working at for a, a retailer and fell and like smoked the back of her head on a concrete floor like smack yeah and i mean terrible concussion and like two years later she still has like very severe migraines like yeah. to the point that they like make her vomit yeah. Like, I mean, wow. they're bad, but the thing is, is like, 
um, you know, and at one point the employer was kind of fighting that a little bit. Cause those things are tough, like back pain, tooth pain. Tough. And, and that's like, so my brother-in-law said that was the, you know, I, I asked him a couple of times. I'm like, you know, people go to the ER seeking drugs yeah, and those are the back and tooth pain. Yeah. Cause they're almost impossible to prove. You can't prove that your tooth hurt. Matt, does your tooth hurt? Yeah. If you told me it does yeah, prove it. <laughs> right. So, you know, some of that man. stuff too. And yeah, they make like, it bleed. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pain is tough. Pain is really you tough. You need to tell your you need to tell your uh, colonoscopist that you have a bleeding tooth. Okay. Yeah. And a bleeding heart. Yeah, Aww. totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you didn't always wear it on your sleeve. Yeah. He's got his red on today though. Yeah. Chiefs Friday. It's so red the, Friday. God, right I keep on. forgetting that. I got my red shoes. On. I'm glad we're not playing the Raiders today cuz I'm wearing black. Yeah. Maybe your colonoscopist would have been nicer. <laughs> on you is there an algorithm does your ai determine the size of hand of a doctor because matt is approaching 40 and that might be relevant yeah uh, this this conversation has taken places i did not predict it, well it's important to keep keep it you know uh, on, a, on a lighter note if you want to check out and follow bardavon health innovations you should search that on yeah. instagram and while you're there check us out we are at startup hustle podcast now if you're listening to this episode and you want to see how beautiful the mats are. Check us out. We, we put a YouTube channel up a while ago, coming up on a couple hundred subscribers, which is all right. Not not quite on pace with our listenership. For those of you listening, we have made it to 185 countries. Hey, let, let me just say, oh. take this opportunity to, to thank. I mean, it's going to sound cheesy and that's all right. It's dirty and cheesy. I appreciate what you guys are doing. For a guy that's you know, not from here, but come here and started a company and was scared to death and didn't know anybody. And then watch this community evolve over the last, you know, 15, 16 years. This kind of stuff is enormously important and often underappreciated. Thank and, you. And I think that's Appreciate real. That. Um, yeah. And so, and you could, you could be doing your businesses and talking to your kids, but you dedicate your time and your effort to doing this kind of stuff. And I think um, on behalf of all of us that don't do this, but love this community and think it's important, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, and, and with that, it's those, that, it's those of you that are out there that continue to listen. Yeah, and push us up on charts where we see. Oh wow, we're in the top two hundred for this. Are we like, still a top three podcast? No, they put they after they removed the charts, which gave us the ability to then state any rating we wanted. We were top three for a while. Yeah, but number you know one. But, but you know it's crazy. So they have with that. Apple, we didn't know what we were. So we were Apple top was three. trying to be better about the charts, which is nuts because their entrepreneurship category is an all time ranking, and we're top nice. sixty, like that for all time. Like, wow, whoop, whoop. I know, awesome. man. And, but the thing is, is uh, top three was better. if guys like you, uh, the, the female uh, and the, the, the female entrepreneurs and yeah. everyone of all walks and shapes, like we've tried to get all different kinds of businesses down here. We had a sex coach in here once. Oh, we've wow. had, that was probably a, the best episode ever. What podcast good. is that? I got to go back. It's called <laughs> the business of sex coaching. And I've had some people ask, yes, when I said asking for a friend, every time I asked her, I was asking for Watson. Um, and then that's when we learned that Matt's goal in life was to be a head coach. Really? Oh, yeah. man. That's actually a great goal in life. Yeah. yeah. Is that is that yeah. real? I can't tell if you guys are joking or serious. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's preferring to something that I don't want to be a head oh, coach of. Oh, oh, yeah. whoa. Unbelievable. Boy, it took me a while to catch up to that one. There's a reason we just pre-mark every episode explicit. <laughs> it's so we don't have to go back and, and make notes of that. I believe I didn't pick that up. Um, Matt, I did. you did miss my recent recording of with the snow pops. Yeah. Guy, alcoholic, uh, like freeze pops. Oh, alcoholic but, ones. But I told him that if he sent, he, he didn't bring swag, but he's going to. And I told him that you are a, a, a especially lively host after you've had a couple. Yeah. And to listen to the food trucks episode, <laughs> if you are out there, go find the food trucks episode. And yes, um, master Watson was a little inebriated on that one. He, he had a couple lunchtime drinks. It was okay. It was right. Yeah, it was a good time. That yeah. was fun though. And by the way, how did we miss the fact that, all right, let's ask, let's ask the third <laughs> Matt, what is the most popular kind of food truck? Like what kind of food does it serve? Um, Don't. I'm going to say tacos. Number two. Yeah, number really? two. Yeah. Was number so one? we had well, we had three chances to You'll try never to get believe it, what number one is. And we missed on all of them. What was it? Freaking barbecue. No kidding. Yeah. 
Now in Kansas City, that would make sense. That but would this was like a nationwide yeah, I, I thing. I like nationwide. Like, yes, it is the most popular farm of food. Trail. I went. You know what my answer yeah. was? What was it? Pizza. Snow goats. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I, I'm gonna, you know, Matt, it's I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold my hat. I'm gonna hold my hat in my hand for a second because I really shamed you on that one. That wasn't that bad of an answer. And I'm every time you back. go see a bunch of food trucks, you see a snow goat. Yeah, I know. Like I've had I actually love snow I've had some time to think about it, and you know, Matt, you sending me like 60 pictures of snow cone food trucks has nothing to do with my mea culpa you know here, you so. said the other day that uh, a friend of yours every time you hear the song africa you like yes. send each other message yes. for the rest of my life every time i see a snow cone food truck i'm gonna send you a picture thanks i have I some that. weird i love that do you do you have any weird contracts with like former friends because i have some buddies that every time we if we're out in public and we hear africa by toto we have made a commitment to just at a minimum text the word Africa to each other. 10 years later, still doing that. Now, Daryl, our CEO, our COO of, of full scale, I, uh, we are, I am in, uh, required to let him know when I'm in the presence of a bounce house. Okay. And, and that wasn't, that wasn't burdensome until I had kids. And now I I'm like, wow, dude, I'm sending you a <laughs> lot of bounce house pictures. <laughs> Um, yeah. And yeah, so. I don't, but I actually, I'm going to pick some of this up. This is a good influence on me. Cause I kind of like this randomness. And then you have well, the weird thing about the, uh, RVs. I love that, RVs oh, too. No, you were going to make me, no, <laughs> I'm going to save that for another one. A, I, I had a job where I covered a, a 13 state territory and you do a lot of driving and, yeah. and, and now look, this was long before, this is when satellite radio was still a couple years away. You're trying to keep yourself busy, so we'll we'll go. We need to have an actual RV business on here before okay. I'm going to disclose right. the rules. We'll of that. keep that secret. So speaking of business, um, Matt, you've been doing quite a bit of it. You are you have 150 employees now. We do, yeah, 140 in Kansas City. Yep, that's awesome. Yeah, now that's been that's taken a that's a hockey stick in the count a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, we grew uh, I think 30 35 this summer. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's been, you know, response, we, our clients grown, our techs gotten better. Um, and our, our service level I think has improved. And so we pulled on bigger and bigger, higher reference or, you know, highly referenceable clients with, with recognizable names. And it's, uh, it's been a blast that really the last, I would say, you know, it's, it's always a grind. It, it's continued to be a grind. This is the fun stage though. The last six months have been the fun, yeah. the most fun I've had in years, honestly. Um, and, 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 you know, all the things that go along with that, but, but my wife's awesome. My family's great. They're supportive of everything. They they tolerate my travel schedule and everything. And 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 the team there, you know, here in Kansas City and and throughout, there's a bunch of just freaks, like really talented people that care so much about the company. And so um, that that gives you like excitement, you know. I think having I think a caring employee is that intangible. You yeah. can't train it. Yeah. You can't make someone care. Like yeah. if you're in a, if you work at a company that I'm associated with and you care, like I care yeah. about, like I'll put up with more totally. like for real. Cause like that is something you can't teach. Yeah. And it's, it's really a, it's really a cool intangible. Now, one of the, one of the biggest, like the hottest subjects and the thing that people are always interested in learning more about is the acquisition of capital to help yeah. your business grow. Now you've, uh, you're a bit of a specialist at this, at this point, you guys have raised close to $40 million. Money. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, what is some advice that you can get? So, you know, so many, I assume that the listeners that we have are all at different stages of their business. Many haven't even started some work for startups, some own them, some do different things. What's some advice that you can give people when it comes to raising capital? Like, and I don't mean at the $40 million range, maybe even yeah. just like getting started. Cause by the way, this Bardavon health was a company of one at some point. That's right. Yeah. And we, every company has been a company of one. At some Absolutely. Point. So, yeah. so what can you, what's some knowledge or, or, uh, what what's it, some advice you can give for those of, that want to follow in your path? I, I always think um, raising capital is difficult, but it's also not shouldn't be the focus of, of what you're the amount of capital you're raised should be. It, it tends to be directly correlated with the kind of um, solution you're trying to bring to market. How big is it? Right. And so raising capital in and of itself, I talk to people like, hey, I'm, I want to raise 10 million or 20 million. And, and why? What's the use of proceeds? What are you going to do with it? Because um, raising capital inevitably is going to be giving up some equity, right? And giving up some control of your company, maybe it's a minority level, but I always challenge, you know, the, the other entrepreneurs that I talk to, to be really thoughtful about what they're trying to do and what they're trying to raise and why they're trying to raise it before just the, you know, the allure of raising $40 million that, that, that to me is almost 
irrelevant. That, that capital is a tool to build a solution for the marketplace. And, and that's what it is. You have a lot of you have people, you have um, ideas and you have capital. It's just one of the tools in your, in your tool belt. And so being thoughtful about that is, is important. You know, now we're at this phase where we're, we're, yeah, when you oh, say being, ahead. when you say being thoughtful, let's expand on that a little bit. Yeah. Cause you mean like being thoughtful as far as like who you're taking the money from, Absolutely. like what effect they could have on your business. And, and then I, I look at the businesses yeah. that I own and operate, like I have a responsibility as CEO of full scale to make decisions that are in the best interest of, of my business partner, Matt, yeah. and also and my employees and do it. So and do it in a way that isn't selfish or makes sense and bringing the wrong kind of investor or people in that may have an interest in doing something different. They could have a change on, on our culture or the way we do business or any of that is something I'm really sensitive to. Yeah. Is that the kind of stuff you're talking about or something different? No, I think that's exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I think, um, you know, you got to find the capital that believes in, in your mission and vision and is going to support that with things other than capital uh, along the way. Otherwise, you shouldn't grow that fast. I think if you're really committed to that mission and vision, I think you got to figure out a way to bring that manifest that to the marketplace in, in the purest way you possibly can. Now, as you get, as you grow, um, what happens if, uh, at least my experience is then the capital, um, the private equity or the venture people will come and want to support your mission and vision. And so then even though they're bringing capital and they're bringing people, they're supporting your, they're getting behind you on the path you're on, but it's, it's all about timing, I think. And really being thoughtful about, um, the who, the why, and the what you're going to do with that capital on the front end and not be focused on the number. Uh, sure. I, think, I think there's, uh, I don't know, you guys may feel differently. I think there's too much focus on the number. I was going to ask for Matt's, for Watson's input on that. I mean, I, I hate the people that celebrate like how much money they've raised. <laughs> yeah. And then like, I see like it was Stripe or somebody announced this week, they raised like another $350 yeah. million. I'm like, what are they even going to do with that? <laughs> yeah. Like that's a shit ton of money. Yeah. You know, but I hate that sort of culture of like yeah. celebrating, raising this crazy amount of money. Well, yeah. that's something we've talked about on so many different episodes is like, how about you stop and sell something? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm just, I'm a sales guy. Like I think nothing valid and you were basically saying this in different words, but you know, the, with the sales comes the validation, comes yeah. the interest in other people getting behind it. And you know, like what you're talking about, what, what Stripe raised 350 million bucks? Like I what, guarantee they're profitable. I don't even what know what do they doing. do with yeah. that. I yeah. mean, that's, I think people lose that. What do you I spend say. that on? Yeah. I think what's good about what, what, if there's any value in talking about the capital and, and you guys and others have raised real capital here, it's that you can raise capital for big, you know, big ideas here in Kansas City. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. And you can deploy it yeah. effective, more effectively than you can, I would argue yeah. on the coasts. And so that's part of the excitement is if you do have a big idea that requires big capital, you can do it here now. Um, you know, there, there's with, there, there's still issues right um, here and, and we're never going to have it completely solved. But I think um, the fact that it can be done in Kansas City now, exits help that. I think that, that's the beauty of this moment we're in in this community right now. And that's Ooh. part of what we're trying to help do at full scale. That's is, what I love you help for. people yeah. build software and yeah. use less capital to do it, right? Yeah. And, and or or just to and you say yeah. use less capital in some cases, and I'm sure you've run into this. You know, the the every every business that is successful addresses a challenge or a problem. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. problem that we were addressing when Matt and I first became business partners, we did full scale wasn't even the plan, really? but it was well, it was hard time scaling. Yeah. And I had I had an office in the Philippines, and I had some experience. And you know, Matt, Matt when I first met him, wasn't super in tune with no. remote development. In fact, he was, he even told me once, he's like, yeah, I don't think that'll ever work. Yeah. And as we got I to know each up. other, he kind of just saw, he's like, you know, okay, that's, it's not a perfect solution, but it's an option. Yeah. And, uh, maybe increased a little, uh, faith in the process, you know, well, like, like a lot of people tried it out. Sure. Made it work. And, and the next thing, we, next thing we know, we yeah. had people beating on our doors saying, what do we need to do to get in on it? I, I think when Matt and I became business partners and what later became full scale, we didn't even realize we didn't even have our arms anywhere close to being around the fact that there's a major tech and talent shortage. And yes. if businesses don't have the resources they need to survive or access to them, it is highly problematic on many, the, many levels. The, the problem is, is because of the shortage, it's hard to even find people. Yeah. And then yeah. when you can find them, 
they are so expensive to hire yeah. Yeah. because it's an auction for whoever wants yep. to pay the most yeah. amount of money to hire them. So it yeah. just, it makes it so crazy. I had a recent comparison to that, that a talent, regardless of where it is in the world, it's there's a finite amount of it in a bucket. You yeah. can't make more senior talent. Right. Like as the years go by, sure. More, a little, a, a predictable stream goes into that bucket, but you can't, you know, there's so much uh, attention on STEM and all this other stuff. Well, um, you know, one of our competitors just released about 400 empty entry level people because that that's the hard part is the you still have to get experience. And right. as software get and businesses become older and more complex, I'm sure you've gone through this at Bardavon. You need a higher level of expertise. So yeah. I think these are some challenges that people are going to have to deal with. Well, there, there's only a certain amount of people that's in their DNA to do a certain type of job. Yeah, you don't yeah. take somebody who was a a truck driver for 30 years and then magically the next yep. day they're like an engineer right probably like yeah. maybe a, a very small percentage right. well, and then yeah. you look at you like don't you, retrain you, that whole workforce you yeah. talk about ai out. and machine learning and stuff like that let's just be realistic there aren't a whole lot of people that have deep experience with any very of that. few like i mean if you find anybody that has a couple years of experience with that you're you are almost senior yeah in that experience in the same community. thing with like data science machine learning things like computer vision like computer vision's been out for 15 years but there aren't a people that you know, like Joel Tepley was in here from Cambrian. Like, I mean, dude is like probably one of the top 200. He's a savant. He has like, well, he has like, because no one was doing it yep. 10 years yeah. ago. So you have just this micro supply of so much of this. Yep. Like as far as like overcoming some of some of that um, and scaling your business from a tech perspective, how are you going to, what are your guys' plans for doing that? I mean, that that is probably the number one, two and three challenge that we have right now. Because I think... Um, this is this is a the right community for a lot of startups because of the grind, uh, the work ethic that is real. There's a yeah. differentiating work ethic here. Capital gets you further. Startup, you know, seed capital gets you sure. further. The problem with this community right now, and I think it's a great problem, but it's a problem is scale. Yep. And as as you know, we're all trying. We all, I mean, we all, many of us have good ideas that are now growing, but we are inevitably fighting for the same talent in this community, and and it, they are it is finite. So so we've got to recruit it. Yep. For the most part, and so. Um, you know, we try to recruit about, it or go find it, go find it, yeah. try to build it from inside, but that takes years, yep. right. You know, to get to the level that you want. And so it is, a, it is all things to the middle in many ways. And, and we often look from a, from a recruitment standpoint, find the talent on the coast that has had a child. <laughs> Because this is a great place to come back to. Yep, absolutely. And, and That's so, we moved back yeah. here. So I, you said you're from Iowa. I'm from here. I grew up here. But we, uh, Jill and I, Jill, my wife, we moved our business eight years ago or six years ago back to Kansas City because yeah. we're like, this is where we want to be. Yep. Great community. Um, great great schools, schools. Great. Yep. Uh, lots of everything. Um, some people, if you grew up in Manhattan, you might be bored with it or you might really yeah. appreciate it yeah. because there's a lot of upside and you talk about the, uh, I feel that small markets like, so Kansas city, we're not going to like, this isn't San Francisco. This yeah. isn't New York. It's the 25th biggest media market in the country, yeah. but it's affordable. Yeah. And you know, and, and in the end, forcing yourself to make bad business decisions is never going to work out for you. Right. And that's the hard part of overpaying for talent, overpaying for rent. Like I'm going to be in San Francisco in two weeks. It's 300 bucks a night for a yeah. hotel. I'm like, really? And like, that's really, yeah, that's not even that? a nice place. Yeah, like, yeah I'd love to, yeah, because it's, it, oh, is that low? Oh, that's Did low I get right a good now. deal? That's low yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's insane. That's just insane. We last, talk, last time I was there, I got a place that was seemed a little shady and it was still like 160 bucks a night. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't want to pay 600 bucks a night to stay at the Marriott. So yeah. I went a little shady. I might just buy it worked it. out okay. I, I think I'm just going to, I'm <laughs> just going to, I'm yeah, just right. going to buy a tent right. or I'm going to rent a van and just sleep in the back. I, like could, I could probably buy a van. How about an RV? Maybe. You can rent a car <laughs> for the night. Yeah. I mean, maybe I could probably buy a van with what I'm going to have to pay for not one, but two hotel rooms yeah. for three nights. It's so, crazy. I mean, that's, that's crazy. So that's there's... an important point though. I don't want to lose it. Going back to this community, that's, what's important about um, density of startups. So like, so you guys grow with your company. That's great for my company. Yeah. Because as, as I'm so recruiting likewise, talent, likewise. if it doesn't work out yeah. in my company, they know they've got other startups. Yeah. Or I mean, that's where the beautiful uh, nature where we're all celebrating each other genuinely. Like really like hoping and, and wishing you guys have tremendous success, get a great exit. Because that, that's just a self-fulfilling circle that I think is really, we're at the cusp of in this community. We've got a lot more to do, but I think we're at a good what spot. What we run into a lot is, is businesses similar to yours that are now growing really fast. And the idea, yeah. if you're like, hey, you need 40 developers, it's hard to find them. It's going to be real tough. So, four. so Matt, since you are, uh, since you, we want you to have the fully immersed startup <laughs> hustle experience, it's time to play right. mixtape. 
Oh, sweet. Um, so game.com. By the way, I played the new app version last yeah. night while I was at a Carrie Underwood concert. I wow. was playing mixtape. Well, I was in the full scale suite. We're having a good time. Yeah. You a yeah. music fan? No. Oh, but I we have a suite at the Sprint either. Center, and we invite investors, entrepreneurs, and influencers. You're going to need to come down. I would soon. love to come down. I'm in the middle of a five out of six night run. I'm he needs to go to Jonas. Brothers. I'm going to see Carrie Underwood <laughs> tonight. I, I'm going to a Latino <laughs> artist that. I've never heard of. I will see JoJo Siwa and the Jonas Brothers on back to back nights. I'm, wow. This is me beating my head in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> then I get a day off, and I get to go see the Black Keys, which I'll be oh, cool that'd be with. Great. Yeah, yeah, but that'd be that's awesome. like my reward for making it through the weekend, maybe. Yeah. But you know, we have a good time, and, and our and by the way, one of our guests last night covered herself in startup hustle stickers, took a picture and posted it on social media. Nice. And then yeah, I found it. Awesome. I was like, yeah, Erica from Lever, uh, Lever One. Thank you. That is awesome. Guest pick of the year, without wow. a doubt. We will post that on the <laughs> at Startup Hustle Podcast Instagram. All right. So. Wait, what is mixtape? I guess I'm... this is a party game. All right. And yeah. uh, we uh, we're building an app for this, which is going to be as fun, if not more than the game. So I, I'm, I pulled a card out of the mixtape deck. I'm going to read a scenario and then we are all going to pick a song based on that scenario. Okay. And then we will vote for who the winner is. You cannot vote for yourself. Here's the scenario. You walk into the club, (laughs) you lean up against the back wall and you're putting out a vibe. What song do you want to hear first? That goes with that, man, this is so abstract for me. I'm going to 20 years. What's I'm sexy. And I know it that right said Fred song (laughs) is what I'm going with. You can go any, Matt. Can I use the hack? No, you can. Uh, yeah, that's the thing we realized that Fuck okay. You by CeeLo Green is like a, it's like the skeleton key of answers for mixing it. By the way, it is for, I'm banning it as, the, oh, as yeah, no. yeah. As the mixtape commissioner that I just elected myself to be. <sighs> CeeLo Green, his entire catalog, I'm coming down hard. This is like Pete Rose. <laughs> like you are banned from mixtape, CeeLo oh, Green. So any song I'm going with, I'm sexy and I know it by right said Fred. Because yeah, Jeez. why not? Ah, you got you can I mean, pick honestly, any song like, here, guys. This is what this is what stinks when you're like a country music fan and you don't really. Oh, have country cool music would be. Oh, sure it would. Country music's like made Jeez. for it. Like these boots are okay. made for walking. Let's or something go with like uh, she thinks my tractor sexy. <laughs> I you. That's what all the girls are thinking when I'm first off, in the club. First off, what club are you in <laughs> where that's the vibe you want to put out? I mean, I know we're in Kansas, and and, and <laughs> now now Condon's from Iowa, so he we, yeah. he might be like, dude, all the clubs in Iowa—that's yeah. the vibe I'm trying to put out. It, it's it's three country songs and then gin and juice. That's what I mean. Like every, I mean, then you do three yeah. country yeah. songs, and yeah. that's kind of how it works. So. You yeah. go with that one, Snoop Dogg, gin and juice. I could, or is that, that, yeah, Dre? that's a good vibe. Uh, Doctor Dre. If I don't, Lane if Bell, I don't win, yeah. if I don't win this. <laughs> I think you won it. I think you won it right off the top. You won. Actually, Did you no, guys I... just concede? Yeah, you won. <laughs> okay. I'm just... I don't know. The tractor, that was clever, though. I mean, sexy and I know it is kind of like, you know. They feel like that's a little more topical. It fits a little better. Um, wow. It's a great game, though. Man. <sighs> so, if you want to. Where do you to, go from here? You, you get anywhere. Anywhere is up from here, people. So, all right. So, once again, thanks for coming in. Yeah, I know you're super busy. No, Business awesome. is growing. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for the kind words about the show. I, once again, kind words from us. Um, I real. Do, actually, I got I to gotta look this up because it's we have another. I, we like it when you give us a five-star review and you follow and rate and subscribe. I have another uh, review to call out. So, and, and by the way, while he's looking that up, a big thank you for being part of the Chamber of Commerce and oh, yeah. all of your. We didn't even get into all that. your work. Yeah, that yeah, you community, there, community, community man. And, that your the, the your tribe sets the vibe, man. And yeah. and you're right. Like this is uh, uh, get involved in your local community. Like yes. you're you're there's startup events, there's chamber events, yeah. there's different stuff. And and if you don't have them, make them. Yeah, and, and I would say just my, there's my one plug for those um, of our generation that are going to be the the business leaders or that of the future that's a place that we can go and meet you know the that that older you know older or more experienced community right now where they are that's their environment so we can either sit back in our you know coffee shops and bars and complain about it or we can go meet them where they are and try to influence that movement faster and i think it's important that all of us you know take whatever path that is for us and get really involved in our community in a way that is um meaningful and if you're here in kansas city and you want to come to a sweet and greet event 
where we do networking in local suites. We wanted to take the work out of networking. So we have a suite at the Sprint Center. We've been doing events at the K. We like to invite people to come have a good time. And if you cover yourself in Startup Hustle stickers, you'll get a shout yeah. out. Anyway, I want to say thanks to I Am The B One, a five-star review. It said, my two favorite things on a podcast, get you inspired and learn something new. You'll get this and so much more on the Startup Hustle topics range from starting a business to marketing tips and must-have tips if you consider yourself an entrepreneur. Thank you for the feedback. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Now, as awesome. we as we round out this episode, Matt, I'm gonna uh, as in Matt, Matt, Matthew, Matt. Matt Mr. Matt. Condon, Matt. Um, I'm gonna give you the mic for a second because you clearly have done well as an entrepreneur, and I'm gonna let you just kind of freestyle like gin and juice style. Nice. Um, about you know what would you want to tell people that want to be successful as an entrepreneur, a business person, and it can be well rounded, whether it's personal, professional, physical advice, whatever you got. Yeah, I mean, I think um, for the entrepreneurs that that I visit with or or have some role and relationship with i always talk about your support team around you husband wife partner whatever it is making sure you've got um a, re a really good team around you and then the people that you bring in to be part of that mission and vision from a professional standpoint are incredibly important and it sounds cliche but when you go through this journey you're inevitably going to have highs and lows you're going to be distraught you're going to get overconfident <laughs> and sometimes just as much supporting when you're yeah. when you're down is when you're feeling pretty good about yourself having somebody to say hey you're not that big a deal you got some work to do is is a valuable piece to it all and in the end you know success is whatever you define it as and i think um you know having people in your lives that are that are important and making sure you maintain that um as you go through the kind of frenetic journey that is entrepreneurship is incredibly important not not, not burning it down along the way but really having people around you and teams and people that you care about and love and, 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 you know, that can't be understated. I think you need support. Well said, Absolutely. well said. Absolutely. And with that, thank you to my wife who's patient. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. I was talking to someone in the suite last night, someone's wife and you know, like I often, that's a subject. I'm like, thank you for being patient. Yeah. Cause you know, like, I don't know, it's, yeah. it requires it. It'd be patient. And I think challenging, like after I, what I always say after the first exit, my wife was maybe the one that was like, you need to go do something else or you're going to go crazy. Like, or you're going to drive you me are. crazy. Yeah, that's what just, my wife And that's okay, say. right? Yeah. Like she also knows what I'm not good at um, and, what I, and what I need to really focus my efforts on so that we all stay sane along the way. And, and having those kind of people around you, even at the professional level, like Mary, my assistant, has been with me for 11 years. I love her. She yells at me. We have a Mary rule that if you're going to swear, you got to shut the door in my office, um, at, <laughs> at the office, which is important. But she and so many other people around that are that are really important um, and and keep you grounded as you as you go on the ride are critical. Well, once again, thank you for coming in. If you get a chance, go to fullscale.io. You can see what Matt and I do and some of the solutions we provide for entrepreneurs, startups, and businesses at all stages. Uh, check us out on Instagram at, at Startup Hustle Podcast. I know Money Gun awesome. Fight coming along. Um, while we would love to stay here and chat with you, oh my god. That's so awesome. This is what happens. I get one of these guns. And, and by the way, this is what happens when I leave the money guns out for Matt. Just and literally that for that just is very broad in general. My kids think this is actually how it works. Since you work in and around healthcare, I would really like to recommend not touching those ones. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so Anyway, thank you for tuning in and listening. We got to go because Matt Watson has a colonoscopy appointment. Yeah, oh, boy. Thank you. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.